Dakotian cast, the only sports anime podcast that has the sauce of faith. <laughs> My name is Matt, and joining me today is a very special guest. It's Matt. Hello. Alright, so uh, this is the ninth week of week of the spring anime season, and uh, despite my inability to pronounce week, I am confident <laughs> that we will be covering every sports anime that aired between uh, May 28th and June 3rd. Um, I have one quick announcement up front, so uh, Matt, you will not be joining us for the Tiger Mask portion of this uh, podcast once again. Yes, that is correct. I will be at Colossal Con for several days, so um, I will be living it up at a water park. Probably for most of it, I would say. That is, like, largely the reason I am going. Um, you know they so, have water parks in Indiana, right? I don't care. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> and and once again, of course, when Matt says he will be going, by the time you hear this, he means he will have already gone. I will have already been been refreshed and come back home, yes, and having edited the episode. Okay, great. So, um, so we'll just do the other three shows first, and then I will tackle Tiger Mask on my own at the end. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, Matt, would you be so good as to dive into Yawapeda? Okay, cool. So this week we are covering episode 21 of Yawamushi Petal. Uh, so not a whole lot going on in this episode. Uh, everybody is dealing with the knowledge that Kaburagi lost his race with Dobashi. Uh, Hakone, therefore, gets to lead the pack now, as opposed to Sohoku, because they are no longer the champions. Uh, and therefore, uh, there is a lot of back and forth between Teshima and uh, Izumita, and also Naruko and Izumita uh, are opening alluded to the Sauce of Faith uh, during that time, where they're just trying to kind of get in each other's heads. Uh Kaburagi is very dismayed over how he lost his race, and then as he's riding along, he does run in, uh, Don Chiku is there to kind of support him and give him a nice little high five to kind of pick back up his spirits, along with, uh, uh, Sugimoto and Koga are there, pretty much the entire rest of the Yawapeda team, or the Sohoku team is there, uh, the episode ends with, uh, Hakone... Uh, apparently, their grand evil plan to uh, separate Anoda from the entire rest of the group by uh, while they are sprinting to slowly decelerate their pace so that the pack would have enough time to catch up, and therefore Anoda gets absorbed into the main pack, and then they sprint on ahead with, uh, and then the rest of the pack is determined to keep Anoda from actually escaping from it. Right. Um. Yeah. So, not really much going on here. Well, right, um, so we watched this episode together, and we sort of had to stop afterwards and take stock and think about we, what what actually occurred. Like, what changed right. from beginning to end? What changed? Because the pace was pretty slow. There was a lot of repetition. Uh, it, it felt like the bulk of the episode was just Sohoku and Hakone riding next to each other and, like bragging about themselves right yeah you really could have cut out a lot of this episode like the whole reunion of dobashi with the rest of the team or with the rest of his team exactly because dobashi just sits there and he's like let me describe how i beat sohoku and and you know the audience is like we were there you know yeah, we saw that <laughs> it's not news and then it's like you know 
I, I kind of figured this was going to be the twist that was going to that the series was going to take with Kaburagi, uh, with where he's basically he has his big realization that he was writing with the hopes of everybody else on the team on his back, and that's why like he didn't take that seriously enough. Oh, so that's why he lost because he didn't believe in his team. Yeah, essentially, like he didn't he didn't believe in the uh, he didn't. He didn't realize how much was at stake by his losing, even though there's not really that much, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, no, they don't get to lead the pack anymore, but, you know, they're still pretty firmly up there. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it It's not really making the connections there very well. Yeah, it's also odd. I mean, again, they're just trying to reemphasize how freaking dumb Kaburagi is that he literally never considered the fact that the people that he prevented from being on the team want him to succeed in their place. Right. Like, the fact that that thought would never have crossed his mind is a little odd. Uh, that part I don't actually mind so much. I do think this is character development that Kaburagi has kind of needed for a while. Fair enough. Um, I do think that this that they have taken this in about the most standard, boring direction possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because it's like, oh, I get it. I have to race for my teammates. Yeah, that's kind of the realization that every single character has already had. Yeah. Like, your arc is not really all that different from Amaizumi's uh, last season. So... Yeah, I kind of wish one of these boys would just be a jerk. Yeah, a little bit. Like, I almost would appreciate it more if Kaburagi was... Li- like, if this was the moment that separated Kaburagi... Like separated Kagaragi from the group, like no, that like, he's no, he's actually selfish. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, oh well, I lost that, no big deal. And everybody else is oh, like, what, yeah. dude? Like, no, you ride with the team. He's like, I don't care. Yeah, I'm here to win, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you know that would actually be an interesting dynamic, but they're not really going for that. They're not going for interesting. They're going for husbando or whatever. Yeah, and I think that's also kind of the problem is that you're kind of just trying to create a like that's kind of what this uh this uh series kind of feels to me right now it feels like they're trying to create new characters specifically for the intent of having new pairings so that they can sell merchandise yeah just just more people that fit more niches and more archetypes so that everybody can have a favorite Right, and it's like, because you got that already with Kaburagi and Donchiku, like, they're the most obvious example. You also have this strange connection between Amaizumi and Sugimoto. Mm-hmm. Now you've now you've suddenly decided to make Koga a big character, and, you know, he has this big rivalry with Teshima. Right. Um, and it's like, I guess, but at the, it's like, it feels very cynically made in that regard. Yeah. Um, what do you, what do you think of the this big strategy from Hakone at the end? Oh, it makes no sense. <laughs> well, I mean, so there's there's two levels of it for me. So effe- right. effectively, what happens is Hakone and Sohoku sprint ahead, separate from the pack, but then Hakone lets the pack catch back up with them, so that both teams can get reabsorbed by the pack. So the pack is all aggressive. They're like, oh, finally, we caught up to the leaders. Look, we're so fast, we're so strong, we're going to hold them back. Um, And they do that, and they absorb both teams. Uh, But in doing so, Onoda somehow gets pulled much further back, 
and he gets completely separated from Sohoku, whereas all of Hakone stays together, and all the rest of Sohoku stays together. So what works for me with that is that probably if I was, you know, someone in the pack, I wouldn't want to give the the reigning champion a, a way... You know, I would probably want to block his advance so that he right. couldn't he couldn't conquer the mountain and win the day. But I don't know how he got separate. That's the thing that's not clear. Right. And like, how could how... Hakone possibly predict that Onada and only Onada would be separated from his team? Right. That's kind of my complaint with this. Like, that's why I'm kind of saying it doesn't really make any sense. Because they got absorbed in there too. They could have just as easily have been like... Oh, shoot, we got both teams in here. This is our moment. Make sure none of them pass. But for some reason, they're also very fixated on Anoda. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I mean, I do get that because he is the reigning champion, technically. Like, so I can kind of understand that, but it's like they couldn't have possibly realized... Like, no matter what they say, there's no feasible way that they could have realized that the pack would have specifically decided to pick on Anoda. Well, yeah, and they couldn't have picked on Anoda if he hadn't been separated from his team. So right. ha- why would they know that he would be in the back or on the side at that specific moment and then would be easy to for the pack to separate from the right. rest of Sohoku? Like, that's in, like you can't plan for that. Yeah, exactly. Like, this, this is just such a, like... On one hand, I almost appreciate it, just because, like, this is actually, like, a strategy at the very least. You know, it's kind of a... It's, you know, it's at least something. You know, it's more planning than what we normally get in Yamabushi Pedal. Yeah, usually the plan is, I'm gonna sprint faster. (laughs) I'm going to sprint faster with more passion on my side. Yeah. Um... So, on one hand, I do, I can appreciate that, but yeah, it's it's just not very well thought out. But, you know, this is also supposed to be kind of that moment where they're like, no, Hakone got us. Like, they really got us. Mm-hmm. It's like, not really. I mean, they, they did, but they really shouldn't have, I guess. Right. I mean, it, it was more like random chance got us, you know, right. than Hakone. <laughs> yeah, it was, basi- it was basically like a, not even like a controlled risk. It was just kind of a stupid risk yeah it was a shot in the dark yeah basically um, so before we move on uh would you like to share your theory about how the inter high is gonna end oh okay so i just want to throw out real quick i have i have not read the manga i have no idea yeah. if this is gonna how it's gonna end but the Me way either. i'm kind of so the way that this is going is that this is shaping up to be an inverse of the last inter high so because the first time they had the two people going out to race against uh uh, Izumita, they had Tadakoro and Naruko going out to race him, and then Tadakoro is the one who ends up winning. Um, and this time, it's the inverse. They have kind of they have uh, the experienced character in Aoyagi the, being the one who's struggling to keep up, right? Uh, and so they send out the inexperienced one, uh, Nar, uh, sorry, uh, Kaburagi, and Kaburagi actually loses. So now uh, this year it's. Hakone, the one, is the one who wins the sprint. So the way I'm gonna, I'm seeing this play out is that effectively it's gonna end in pretty much the exact same way that the Inter High did last year, where Anoda and uh, Manami are gonna have to race up the mountain again. Mm-hmm. Except this time, Manami is going to be the one that wins, and that way uh, we can get to, when we get to the third year. That means that they are both one for one. Well, and so, and, yeah, th- yeah, they they both won one, they both lost one. You mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. 
So yeah, they they both got one victory to their name. So then, therefore, it's best two out of three. So yeah, and then that... that'll be the big plot: is they're both going to be like the captains of their teams, and they're going to be like this year. I'm taking. I'm going to be the champ, and I'll show you who's the real champion. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, when we finally get that final season of Yamushi Pedal in like 2022 or something right. like that, right. uh, we'll finally get to see that final destined showdown. Like I, With everyone's is... favorite characters who are fully fleshed out and we all care about, like, <laughs> yeah, Minami. Like, yeah, basically, it's like, those two, like, say what you will about Minami, but he was, you know, he was a pretty significant portion of the last uh, couple seasons of Yamushi Pedal. And here it's just like... He's kind of around, but he really has not done much. No, he's a total afterthought. But right. you're right, they will definitely make him... You know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway. At the very least, they, they have to give Minami a win over Anoda. Anyway, I think we both vowed to not spend this episode uh, sighing over Yamamushi Pedal constantly. and I think Too late. Ended- Too late. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. So, uh, do you want to move on to Big Windup? Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, Fantastic. So this is Big Windup, episode 10. Most of this episode is a flashback where Abe is reminiscing about um, his time playing with Haruna. Uh, So Haruna was a second year on their junior high team when Abe started as a first year. Abe was assigned to be his catcher, and he had a really tough time because Haruna threw harder than anyone he'd ever caught before. He, you know, he got injured a lot just trying to keep up with Haruna's pace. Um, but he was still, he still believed they could do something constructive. Uh, eventually he got burned out with Haruna, however, because Haruna insisted on only pitching 80 pitches. Uh, Haruna didn't give max effort in games that he decided did not matter. Um... And he would walk off the mound in uh, critical situations if he'd hit his limit. Um, so he tells Mahashi that, you know, that's really what makes the difference for him is that Mahashi stays on the mound um, and Haruna will, is, is happy to give up the mound because his goal is the major leagues, not uh, winning the game he's playing in that moment. Uh, separately, Haruna managed to um, win the win the game that they were watching so Musashino came back and he tried after the game to to track down Abe because he said he had something to tell him but he didn't specify what that was and he separately reminisced how um Abe was really cocky back in the day and how frustrated it made him that Abe told everyone that uh he was the worst pitcher right um so yeah this was a good episode just on the basis of how it... First of all, what it did was it kind of resolved some of the complaints I might have had with some of the characters complaining, of, you know, like how they're like, oh, you know, he's just thinking about a career, you know, he's thinking about his long-term health and not helping out the team. Right. I think this episode did a really good job of showing, okay, this was not just a kid who was trying to protect himself. This was somebody who was very clearly like, not a member of the team because of it. Like, I think Abe had the best way of describing it. It's like, it doesn't, like, I understand if he was trying to protect his future, but this was somebody who, when, like, it, like, when it was down, like, when we were down and out, uh, like, this guy would simply not pitch, like, if he had hit his pitch limit. Like, you know, I understand, like, wanting to stay, like, at a rough number around that, but, you know, if we are totally down, 
Um, like, it doesn't matter to him. Like, he wouldn't even throw, like, an even, like, one extra pitch beyond that just to even wrap up the game. Right. Um, and so it's like, okay, I, I can at least understand where that frustration of Abe's would come from. Um, and then the other thing I liked about it as well is that it made, uh, Harna's, uh, it, it also sort of fleshed out Harna in a way that's kind of unexpected because it seems like he's a very different person now. Yeah. And that, that was clear when he was talking with his team, they sort of realized, well, Harna was talking, uh, with Mushino. They were like, oh, you know, part of the reason that Abe hated Harano was probably that back when he was in junior high, he had a real attitude problem, and um, he didn't really listen to anyone else. He was a lot more arrogant and difficult to be around, and they all knew this. They they knew him at the time, and they're saying like, oh, well, yeah, of course people thought he was the worst, because he was the worst back then. He was impossible to be around. Right. But now that, you know, ever since he got to our teams, ever since he got to high school, he's really chilled out. And he's become a different person. Right. Um, but it's, it's, Abe's never had the opportunity to talk to him outside of, you know, those tough experiences in junior high. Right. And it doesn't really help that Ab- uh, Haruna's personality has not really changed that much. Because, you know, he's still calling him an idiot and being like, hey, jerk one, I need to talk to you later. Right. <laughs> right. But he still is effectively the same person. But, you know, he still has managed to mellow out and is still willing to occasionally use his full strength. Right. Uh, which we get to see in this episode. Um, and, and I think that's a great way to set up a future conflict between the two, because we really don't know what to expect from Haruna now. Um, in fact, like, I don't even know if they, like, if the game, if their next game is not against that team, at the very least, it does set up an interesting plot thread for later. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, uh, one other thing I'd like to point out as well, we don't talk about it much. I do, like, but in addition to all the character drama and everything, um, the Big Windup also has a really great sense of comedic timing. Yeah, yeah. Um, at, like, I, I just, I got a good laugh out of, um, after Abe is done telling his story, uh, there, you know, there are other... T- uh, their other teammate is like, hey, do you guys, do you mind if I tell the rest of the team? And apparent, and like, the rest of the team is just sort of like, is quietly, uh, sort of like, stunned to themselves, like, crap. Like, because they were all listening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. If, if he did mind, or if he didn't want them to tell the rest of the team that the, they were all quickly realized, like, oh no, should we not have been listening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, exactly. It's, or, it's very high school. Also kind of like, yeah, you guys were not exactly being quiet about this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's like it's one of those things where it, it doesn't let itself get too wrapped up in the drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting, too, because, you know, we still sort of have the two arguments unresolved between Abe's point of view and Harana's. And what I like about the end of the episode is Harna is complaining about Abe, and it's unclear as to whether he misses him, or he respects him, or he legitimately is upset with him. Um, Because it seems like on some level, he thought that they had an understanding. Um, And he's heard that ever since he left the team, that Abe's been going around and telling everyone that Harna is the worst pitcher. 
And it, it seems like on some level he's just hurt by it and he's confused and he's like, William, what are you talking about? I thought we were a battery. Why would you say that behind my back? Right. Um, and, you know, it, it kind of shows that there is kind of a second side to the story. Yeah, and maybe Harno was acting like a jerk, but, you know, maybe Abe wasn't exactly... You know, this was somebody who was trying to think about his future, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like me, like one of the... The scene that they depict where uh, Abe really lost it with Harno was when they were down, like, several points. Runs. And... Well, well oh, yeah, sorry. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, they were down several runs, and, uh, like, he's just, he just refuses to pitch at this point because he's at his, uh, pitch limit, you know, and it's like, it's the bottom of the ninth, you know, bases are loaded, and, you know, Haruna just walks off the mound, just same as always. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, on one hand, I get why he's so frustrated because, you know, had Haruna really tried this entire game, they probably could have pulled something off. But at the same time, it's like, you do have to understand... Abe, that this was pretty much a hopeless situation. You really can't expect him to really, like... You know, you really can't expect him to, like, have, like, the same level of passion for this that you do, you know? Well, right, and the the other factor here is that in in that year, he would... Haruna himself was coming off an injury. So he is constantly thinking about being, you know, aggravating that injury again because you know and that's hopefully that's something we see again i forget all of it um but hopefully that's something we see where what exactly how did he get injured the first time and how much of this personality quirk or whatever you want to call it is a result of him being terrified of hurting himself again and having to go through that again right exactly like in in the fact that abe has absolutely no sympathy for that and, like, refuses to talk about it. I mean, both of them are sort of arrogant in their own way. But um, the fact that Abe feels so slighted and is totally willing to talk behind his back without ever confronting him. Right. You know, it's not like Abe comes off looking super great. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, Abe is still just a high school student. He is still a... uh... You know, he's still really only seeing things from his own perspective at this point. Right. Uh, and, you know, it is kind of a moment for him to be able to grow and sort of make peace for Haruna down the line. Yeah. Um, or, like, it, it'll be kind of a defining moment for Abe. You know, it may also end up being a defining moment for Mihashi because, you know, Ab- you know the reason why he and uh, uh, Abe and Mihashi actually kind of work out so well is because this is the, because now Abe is the one who gets to play the dominant role now. Right. Like, and Mahashi you know, doesn't have to worry as much about coming off the mound because Mahashi doesn't throw as hard. So, like, one of the biggest single factors for pitcher injuries in baseball is velocity. So, the harder you pitch, oftentimes is a an indicator of the likelihood that you're going to injure yourself. Which you know makes sense. That's the more more force that you're uh, applying to your arm, the right. more likely it is to have trouble down the road. But because Mihashi is such a soft tosser and he's a control pitcher, he actually can pitch longer and can pitch without as much risk as someone like Harana. Right. Um, so it's it's a little easier for him to just stay on the mound than it is for Harana, who has to be very conscious about how he's using his body. Right. 
And so, in a way, it does kind of show that you, why Mihashi and Abe do make a better pair, even if even if both of them, both Harna and Abe, may have been wrong in that situation to an extent. Uh, it does show at the very least that yeah, this was also a pairing that was always going to be toxic, regardless. Right. No, I agree. Uh, it was great. Um, I I really want to see more of Harna. Honestly, at this point, I think he's <laughs> he's the most interesting character in right. the show. To me. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, at the very, or at the very least, what his character entails for the series. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it starts a con conversation that is, a, well, it's an interesting one for me personally, but it's one that you don't see often enough in sports anime, anyway. Right. Right. Because so often, like, you basically get one side of the argument. Right. And generally, from the hero side, and you know, you see why the hero was like always 100% the right. You know, maybe there's a... Maybe he comes off sympathetic at first and then something uh, happens along the along the way where it's like, no, that's kind of their moment of no return. And But, you know, it's like, no, you know, we don't have that in Big Windup. You know, everybody's just kind of human. Yeah. I agree. Uh, you want to move on to another show about humans? Yeah, sure. Let's talk <laughs> about Encouragement of Climb. That's exactly the one I was thinking of. It could have been so many shows. Man, I don't know how I would have figured that one out. Alright. Okay, so... Uh, both of these episodes are about the climb up Mount Fuji. Um, episode 9 is kind of the... Kind of the fun time up Mount Fuji. They learn that uh, they can get some wooden uh, walking sticks so that they can that they can get branded along the way to kind of show their progress. It makes a nice little uh, makes a nice little item, you know, to kind of take home with you, like a nice little trinket. Um, and they learn about how there are so many different rest stops along the way, and that the higher you go, the shorter there is distance between the rest stops. But also how, uh, like, that's because it's going to keep getting steeper and steeper. Uh, they st they're they walking along. They're having fun. They end up getting a, uh, they stop, they get food at the base as well. Um, so that they can, uh, and they, you know, they kind of, like, experiment with, like, the food there. You know, all their different delicacies, even though they seem to just be different. Like, they basically tend to be normal dishes, just with fancier names. Uh... And then, uh, at the very end of the ep of that episode, we kind of start seeing Aoi sort of starting to fade a little bit because she didn't get much sleep the prior night. And then the next episode is largely about Aoi's, uh, altitude sickness. Right. Because she didn't get enough rest and, you know, she's doing a lot of very exhausting work. Um... And, uh, as you know, she, like, is seriously getting lightheaded. Like, she is just about to pass out. She can barely understand what anybody is saying. So, Kaede decides to stay with, uh, Aoi while Hinata and Kakona continue to climb up the mountain. They stop at the 8th, uh, rest stop. And then, uh, they basically just stop so Aoi can sleep. Uh, uh, Hinata and Kakona continue to climb... And then they get to see the Milky Way at night because there's very little light up there. Mean, uh, Aoi manages to wake up in time, and so they're all kind of looking at the Milky Way together. The episode ends with Aoi sleeping in her sleeping bag and kind of complaining about how she wants to go back home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I enjoyed both of these episodes a lot. I felt like yes. they had a lot more depth than... The show and the show doesn't need to have depth because right. it's it's not necessarily built to always be 
um, you know, a, t- a very serious show. But what what I liked most, you know, and I'm just sort of treating them both combined, was Aoi feeling so insufficient. Like, why is it that everyone else can do this but me? And despite that fact, Kaede sticking by her and saying, like, it's okay. Like, it's not your fault. This is just something that's happening to you. It's you. You're gonna risk hurting yourself if you go further. You can do this again. Um, don't worry about it. And right, I, I I appreciate the fact that she actually has to go through that instead of everything just being you know straightforward and simple. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And not only that, but the episode he still ends sort of with a, kind of in a like okay, I'm not gonna say like a dark place because I mean this isn't a dark show. Right. But, but a negative, of, a negative place, a, a negative tone because she's like, I am liter, I am legitimately miserable right now, and I regret doing this. Yeah. She's um, like, I just want to go home. Why did I, I just, do this? I'm embarrassed. I'm exhausted. I'm sick. This is stupid. Right. Like I want to go back to my own bed. Right. Um. You know, and it's like, I appreciate the fact that they're willing to, like. You're not always going to have fun doing this. There are legitimate risks to, like, even for as controlled a path as Mount Fuji, as this path that they're taking on Mount Fuji mm-hmm. is, uh, like, yeah, there are still risks to it. And, you know, you do need to be prepared for it. It's not just, like, a fun little stroll up a hill. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I did, I did like, sort of Kaede's leadership, I'll say, right. in saying... Okay, we don't all need to stay here. Uh, Coconut and Hanada, you should go ahead because this is still something you can do. This is still something you can enjoy. And Aoi not going isn't going to make it any less worth it. Like, it's still something you ought to do. Um, but Kaede saying, like, hey, I'm the one who has the experience. I'm the one who's been through this before. And I'm going to just support Aoi. Um, right. And so I, I liked the fact that sort of the two groups showed two different visions of friendship. Right. Where Hinata and Kokona, you know, they were being always friend by saying, like, okay, we're going to do this for you. Like, I know you can't do this, but we don't want you to feel bad about making us all go home, so we're going to do it on your behalf. Um, and Kaede showing another vision of friendship is saying, like, I'm going to make sure that you're safe. I'm going to make sure that you're healthy. Right. It, it kind of, like, one of our complaints that we had a little earlier on that was that Kaede felt a little forced into the group without much of a role. Right. Uh, without much of a bond, I exactly. guess. Exactly, yeah. I mean, we were like, why is this girl hanging out with these dorks, basically? And, and, and there still is kind of an element to that. Yeah. But at the very least, you know, it's like, okay, this is actually starting to feel like a more natural group now. Like, these do, like, they are starting to feel more and more like an actual group of friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because Kaede is willing to take that time to, like, set us, like, okay, I'm going to stay with Aoi now, you two go on ahead. Yeah. Um, You know, everybody kind of has a different goal in mind as well. Like, everybody has something that they're doing here. Um, One thing I did want to bring up as well was that this is, like... This series is a bit of an ad. Like, all these, these types of shows do have, like, that element of being an ad. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I will say about this is that, you know what? It's also not an, it's not a bad ad. Yeah, like, it's pretty convincing. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, I'm watching this and I'm like, oh, that does seem like it would be a lovely time. Exactly. If it, it, And it's not... What I like is that a lot of these shows 
especially the ones that are targeted on, on a female cast, they try and present how it's not that hard. Right. You know, and that's part of the appeal, like, with Manami, uh, with Manami Kamakura, I'm just gonna leave it to that. With Manami Kamakura, <laughs> they, um, they often tried to present how biking isn't really that hard, so just get out and do it. Right. And that's one approach, but I like this approach a little better, where it's saying, oh no, mountain climbing's very hard. Um, <laughs> it's worth it, but it's very unpleasant. Right. Um, and I, and I do like that they're also willing, but you know, it's like Mount Fuji, it's like, oh, so there's this to do on Mount Fuji, huh? So it's like, on one hand, it, it like, it almost presents it at first, like it's a tourist trap. Right. But then it's that second episode that kind of brings it back around. It's like, okay, yes, there are some kind of silly touristy things to do there. Yes. But this is still an experience in its own right. It, this is still something that requires effort on your end. Um... But uh, one other thing I did want to bring up, uh, this series perhaps has some of the most convincing Japanese-speaking English I think I've heard. Well, yeah, I, I was I was going to bring that up, too. They have a couple Americans show up right. in the episode, and they talk English the whole time. They have two characters. It's a guy and a girl. It's it's clear to me that the the male voice actor for that, he is either American or he's a Japanese guy who lived in the United States for a significant amount of time. Because right. he legitimately does not have an accent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, like, I think I heard, like, towards the like towards the last time that they showed up, they started breaking into accent just a little bit. Well, the, the, the female definitely did. So the, the female right. character definitely seemed like a, a you know, a, a Japanese woman who learned English, but you know, very clearly has a Japanese accent. But the guy was pretty convincing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I had, like, when they first showed up, I was actually thinking to myself, did they actually get, like, English speakers to do this? Yeah. And and um, at least one of them might have been. Um, sure. I have to say, though, that the dialogue, it, most of the dialogue was fine because it was just snippets. Like, er right, earlier but... on, they had him pass by and uh, the dude said oh man that sushi was good last night and you're like <laughs> all right that's probably what an american would say <laughs> like right. just still be talking about food um uh, but when at, at one point they're in the same hostel area as oi and kokona and it's like midnight and the americans of course are being rowdy and talking while oi is trying to sleep right uh and their conversation i didn't write it down but it goes something like the the male character uh the male american character says like do you remember when she told you to do that thing <laughs> and the girl's like oh no i couldn't he's like yeah but like when she told you to do that thing i mean you have to <laughs> it's like okay guys like i mean i get simple sentences here but i mean yeah it's it, out of context or really in context who says silly. that it's, yeah it's pretty funny it, it's 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 a winner right definitely but yeah uh, a pretty solid group of episodes all around i'm legitimately it's like i, I am kind of past the point of being like oh you know it's good for what it is yeah but no, it's like i think it's a good show yeah i just think it's a legitimately good show now like it, it's a fun watch yeah and i am honestly 
excited and interested to see where it's gonna go next week right like i'm pro- like okay i'm probably still more excited about big windup but yes yeah, I- i'm like pretty excited to s- just because it's like i don't know where this is gonna go mm-hmm. no i agree it's good stuff um it, it uh it was a good week overall uh like you know two out of three ain't bad <laughs> it's almost always two out of three though yeah so. so i mean i guess i'll have to see in a couple days uh how tiger mask is and so i guess uh we can just turn this over to um me from the future to discuss tiger mask all right and just like that we are in the future and it's been a few days since i recorded uh the first part of this episode with matt uh but i've had the opportunity to watch tiger mask in his absence he is in ohio at colossal con so if you happen to be there and heard someone that sounded like matt uh it was probably matt but uh, by the time you figured that out, it's all over. So you missed your chance. I'm sorry. Uh, but you did not miss your chance to hear about Tiger Mask episode 34. Um, so GWM announces that they are going to progress into the final phase of Final Wars. Uh, I guess their win-loss record between uh, NJPW and GWM is tied, so they're going to have one final match, uh, which is actually five matches. Uh, they, are, they have five-man teams on each side, so Miracle 1, Miracle 2, Tiger the Black, Big Tiger the Second, and Tiger the Great the Third are going to fight uh, Tiger Mask, Makabe, uh, Tanahashi, uh, Okada, aka Rainmaker, and Naito. Um, of course, one of the issues is that Naito is in Mexico. Uh, they asked him to come back for the match, and he said he would, but then he didn't. So they actually only have four people uh, show up for the beginning of the match. Uh, before the match, uh, Takuma and Naito are training, and uh, Ruri goes with Takuma, of course. Haruna confronts Ruri and asks her if she, ha- you know, if do, do, oh, do you like Takuma? And they all get very flustered, and they talk about who they like, what boys they like, and everyone's like, oh, I don't like anybody, I don't like anybody. Um, until later in the episode when Ryu finally gets up the gumption to be serious and ask uh, Haruna out on a date, and she says that she can't because she has a crush on someone else, Ryu figures out that that someone else is Tiger Mask. Uh, and Haruna says she can't go out with Ryu because Tiger Mask is, quote, a better man than you. So that happened. Um, also, while off screen, Naoto says that he made a new killer move and maybe he'll use it. So we'll see. I have a feeling he's going to use it. Um, Makabe uh, and Tiger the Black are the first match. Uh, They both fall out of the ring, and they both get disqualified because they get so caught up in the fight that they don't get back in the ring. Uh, So it's a draw, meaning they just leave them in and have them fight the second match, which is a tag team match, and uh, Tiger the Great the third, and Okada slash Rainmaker uh, join them for the tag team, and that, that pretty much sets us up. Uh, one final note, because Naito never showed up, Takuma, uh, who was just there, you know, to watch, slipped off and was trying to talk to Naoto and convince him to let him fight. Uh, so, this 
pretty much sets us up for the rest of the series. So this was episode 34, so we've got 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, maybe. I don't know if they'll do 38 or 39 episodes. I think it's 39, so we've got 5 episodes left. We also have 4 or 5 matches left. They hinted that they might have to have a 6th match as a tiebreaker, which means they'll definitely have a 6th match as a tiebreaker. Uh, so, five matches, five episodes, you can pretty much see where this is going. Um, one thing that was, well, what, one thing that bothered me is it was a little transparent how they did the setup to get Takuma back in the ring. You know, because clearly they had him training, he's like, I feel like I'm at full strength, and I'm good at wrestling now, again, and all that. Uh, and separately they said, oh, well, you know, NJPW, we have this team, and we're all, all of us are here, except for this one guy who's definitely totally going to show up, but then, big shocker, he doesn't show up. Um, so of course that just leaves an opening for someone else to fill in. What was I thinking that whole time? Fukuwara Mask, uh, the people's champ, is sitting... Just sitting there at the announcer's booth, why not get him up there? He's clearly capable of going toe-to-toe with anybody in GWM. Um, He's more likable, uh, and it just gives more opportunity for us to figure out uh, what all he's about. Um, So I'll I'll just make make a brief aside, because this is where I'm going, and uh, I, I don't have anyone else here to order my thoughts... In any other way, so Fukuwara Mask. Can we talk about Fukuwara Mask? Uh, there's been a lot of build-up for his background. There's been some hints at his relationship with Lady. He was right in front of Lady, and there was no... They didn't have any shot about any connection between them. Uh, he was talking to Mr. X, but very amicably. Uh, you'd think this would be an opportunity where Mr. X might recognize Fukuwara Mask and say, like, wait, he reminds me of that old coach we used to have. You know, some something where we could get some build-up of the only interesting character, Fukuwara Mask. Um, but once again, they've failed to do that. They've just left him to be the wacky commentator along the sidelines when his character arc is truly, truly the only one we care about. So, um... In terms of character arcs we don't care about, we had a lot of romantic discussion this week. Um, Harna came out and said that she has a crush on Naoto, which... I mean, if it was implied, it wasn't implied well, and it's also kind of the least interesting thing you could do with that relationship. Um, I, I think... Because she's been around Naoto the whole time, it feels like you just... It's sending a message that when a girl and a guy hang out a lot, then there has to be something there. Or they have to at least engage in the possibility that male-female friendship just isn't a thing. Uh, Because Haruna, her relationship to Naoto, to me, has always seemed more like brother-sister. I mean, he lives with her and they don't interact in any way that would seem... Like, they, they, they have a sibling-style relationship. Um, the same goes for Takuma and Ruri, right? So why did Naoto give up on Ruri, even though they'd been on multiple dates before? Um, because she started hanging out with Takuma. Because it's her job. 
Uh, and again, she's actually confronted on this point, and Rory says, like, oh, well, no, I, I don't have a crush on Takuma, it's just my job. Um, but she's blushing the whole time, so it's clear that's clearly not the reason that she's helping him rehabilitate, you know, why would it be? Um, so it's frustrating to sort of see this implication that, oh, well, if a girl and a guy hang out a lot, uh, they're either dating or they're too shy to say that they're not yet dating. Um, so that was, that was all interesting because, you know, again, it would have been fun to see Ryu kind of evolve as a character into having, you know, a legitimate relationship that might be, it might have been interesting to see Ryu and Haruna start going out because it might trigger something in Naoto where he realized, you know, oh, I always valued Haruna, but I didn't really think of her in that way, and I kind of miss having her around, you know, something. They could have done anything, but like they almost always do with this show, they went right down the middle with the simplest pairings, the simplest conclusions. Um, Kuruma, the reporter, managed to show up at Tiger Mask's secret lair and then leave, but with how few episodes we have left, um... I don't know what that accomplished. I, I don't know if that'll come back in any meaningful way. Other than when Takuma inevitably jumps in the ring, she'll be like, oh, He was training with Tiger Mask. That must be where he learned these new moves. And then you'll say, Well, yeah, obviously. The audience saw that. Why do we need you to tell anyone that? Um, so, it was kind of... I, I, don't, I don't expect a ton from tiger mask week to week um i am always pleasantly surprised when it does something i don't expect but there really wasn't anything uh i didn't i didn't expect in this episode i mean all the previous matches between gw and and, and gpw clearly have no purpose miss x just decided that uh that the the rivalry was going to end with this series um and so we'll we'll just see how how that goes inevitably what's going to happen is they're going to have to go to that sixth match that tiebreaker match which is going to be a one-on-one and either through injuries or whatever else the only people available is going to be tiger mask and tiger the great the third and they're gonna they're gonna square off and it's just gonna be like the end of the original um and we'll just sit here and ask ourselves well, so then why didn't we just watch the original, you know? Um, but hey, at least Big Windup is still good. Uh, so, that's all we got for this week um, on Tiger Mask. We got uh, five more weeks of that show. We're, we're sort of transitioning into uh, the summer here at, at the end of this month, which is going to be exciting for both of us because we've got a much more substantial schedule of currently airing shows um both of the currently airing shows we have now tiger mask and yawapeta are going to be wrapping up um some would say thankfully and we're we've got four new shows starting in addition to our continuing coverage of big wind up and uh we'll finish out encouragement of climb next season so we'll remind you about all of that uh towards the end of june uh but for now um have a great week thank you for listening uh and I'll see you next time. Our logo design is by James Ratcliffe. 
The theme music is Fly High by Burnout Syndromes, covered and performed by Luke Bartka. You can follow Koshiencast on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and our email is koshiencast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll be back next week with the best and worst from the world of sports anime, and until then, keep training.